0: Jordan, how you going? I'm all right. How are you, Neil? Great. Great. Tired. Are you? Yeah, I'm a bit tired. What happened? We were rehearsing a lot today. Who? Myself and a guy I do improv with. Are you doing that? Yeah. For you, bit of improv. Um, How New York? Yeah. How New York? uh, Early two thousands. Yeah. Toronto, Canada. (laughs) Improv is. You're learning. Yeah, I, I loved improv when I was in high school, and I was really good at it. Mm. Not to brag, but I was I was like the king at space jump. <laughs> was that the okay? game? Well, that's that's how you start off. Yeah, you start off with space jump, <laughs> yeah, and then you the move gateway. on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, space jump is the weed of improv. I was I was hitting Ice Man. I was doing all sorts of things: opera, Shakespeare. You, you just have to improvise an entire Shakespearean scene. Um, that sounds really advanced. Sing about it, yeah. There were there was a, we we won the state title when I was in year ten. Good for you,
1: yeah. No, yeah. I would
0: I would hold that title high because there is, is a
1: lot of annoying pretentious little punces around the state that would think that they're amazing at improv.
0: That's that's very true. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very nerdy thing to do, isn't it? Is it? Because yeah. I thought that it would be more, um, just you know, smug people. A lot of smug
1: people in it. Well, but I smug, smug people at
0: high school are nerds. Smug, nerdy drama kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my whole... Uh, my ethos in high school was like, I'm going to make improv cool. And so I was in charge of recruiting the younger teams. Mm. And I... <laughs> this is so bad, but... Um, and, and look, the, the, the main uh, factor I look for is talent, mm. but I also had a, a, just a little bit of an eye on like, is that kid cool? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so bad. they probably, they might even be listening to this podcast. And uh, look, I admit I was 17. I was a flawed uh, teenager, but so you
1: rejected people.
0: Yeah, yeah I had to but reject. you didn't some reject
1: people. them, reject them. No, you didn't it come was... in and say, Look, mate, it's just uh you know, we had some strong talent this time round. It, it wasn't, wasn't
0: those. no, it wasn't really a rejection. It was out of a class of um about thirty thirty uh, improvisers, I'd choose the best five. Mm. So But it was pretty much if they were wearing a leather jacket or not, is <laughs> how <So> you chose. <laughs>
1: You know, I, if like, that's a,
0: your uh, uh, definition of cool in, yeah, uh, in, in that 2050s. In <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Maybe in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if they, what would it would have been the like early 2010s. So what was cool then? If they listened to Drake, right? Yeah. Is that cool? I don't. I mean, I don't even know. Like,
1: did, neither do I now because I can't even remember if Drake was cool or normie. It was definitely a point where he was cool and then he became normie. But where was that crossover? Yeah. There's I, a point where you just become I, too big as an artist that you're not cool
0: anymore, regardless of how cool you are. The thing with Drake is I think he's very talented, but he's clearly a very... I think he's like a very tortured man because he's so successful and rich and famous. And then all he did this mixtape a few years ago and all it was was just calling out people who were criticising him. <laughs> Like he sounded it gets really. gets to that point, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, he's like the Sam Harris of rap. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> these are all smear merchants. <laughs> um, God, I wish that was the mixtape's name, <laughs> Smear Merchants. A response. Uh, he's, no, he's a good. He's look, he's a good egg. I don't know him personally, well, I assume, but <laughs> yeah, I assume he's a good cool. guy. <laughs> um, yeah the character on Degrassi High he seemed solid. Yeah, really. I completely forgot about that. How mm. could you? It <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> was such a, a memorable show. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
1: no, I didn't like it. Yeah, but, but know, it
0: pissed me off that it took over Daria. I've I even I'd heard like it. it. What? What, what's Daria about? Never even heard of it. You that know what show. it
1: is? It was a character that was briefly in Beavis and Butthead that they extended into a really deep insight into teen culture. It was wow. actually a very well put together show. And um, I actually recommend watching it now. It's still funny. They're just one of those cartoons where all the characters hit. Where go, okay. I know a dad like that. Yeah. So you're hitting the right notes if you get that response. Daria. Okay. But pretty much when we... It was like on roller coaster at ABC after school and it was a point that... It, it, the cartoon was clearly aimed at people that were 17 but only 12-year-olds watched it. So it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, it's a cartoon. I'm guessing it's funny, but you didn't get any of the jokes. <laughs> anyway.
0: That's a good tactic for... Just to <laughs> digress. <laughs> that's a good tactic when you're... Um, if you're the creator of a cartoon... Because just by virtue of crea- just having these ridiculous caricatures, kids are going to find that funny. So you've automatically got a fan base. Mm. But if you make it subversive and, and clever to to some degree, adults will also get into it. Yeah. A The Simpsons, the greatest, in my opinion, probably the greatest TV show. And also in Time Magazine's opinion. <laughs> is it? Yeah, the greatest show of the 20th Controversial. century. Controversial. Which is all time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Although well, we Breaking chose Breaking Bad will simple um, rules, <laughs> according to Jim, yeah all right That's... yeah you're right. There's a clear winner.
1: <laughs> all right, well we we're just talking about A class and then there's S class, so mm. obviously time's not going to go into that.
0: No, no. But anyway, um, what did you uh, what did you want to ta- what did you want to discuss? I d- you...
1: man, look, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this a lot, but I yeah. figure there's new territory to explore in it, which is the subject of identity.
0: And any particular, um, anything specific in regards to identity or just identity as a concept? No.
1: How it plays into your narcissism. Mm. It scares me. Okay. Because I was at the client, just to give you a background, right? I was at the climate protest, Mm -hmm. and I was going there as a mock two GB character because you know how they always just go to those protests and find the dumbest people they can and just be like, "What do you say? Like, what do you know about it?" And obviously they're just going, to "Just the planet's dying, yeah." But what do what do you think about that? It's dying, Ray. It's dying, and like he's just like, "Oh, what a retard," you know. Like that's the Mm. whole point of those videos, and they go viral. I was going to do it, and I was going there. To find people who knew what they were talking about so they'd own me, right? To just like invert it. It happened a couple of times, but yeah, a lot of the people there are stupid. And then I just realized dude, it's Wow Like okay, yes. Look, then I just realized they they are just two G B listeners. Like, okay, they are on the but, right side. But for a younger but a younger generation. A younger generation. And it's just, it's hip and, and cool to like the planet. But that's the only reason they do. It's because they grew up with Captain Planet while they grew up with Ray Hadley. Yeah. You know? And then I just, I was thinking about it more. Because honestly, there is no way from the little knowledge that they had. Because I was giving them basic talkback radio talking points. Like, yeah. it's the sun. Um... You know, it was hot in the past. And they
0: couldn't give you an answer <laughs> Did to Did you that? change their mind? They'd be like,
1: oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, they're like, oh, yeah. fuck, you're actually wrong. <laughs> yeah,
0: right? I know. I didn't think of the sun, hey. no, i Mom, just like indoors all day doing drugs. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I assume the climate changed because like, it got really smoky in my apartment. Yeah, because I actually saw that uh, a snippet of that video. And I thought, yeah, those people, you know what? Yeah, they weren't really owning you. <laughs> The one indigenous uh, kid, he owned you, I think. Yeah, but well, that's he the was thing. There was,
1: there was people that knew what they were talking about. I don't want to let that off, but like when you, especially when you started going into the crowd, we had to cut a lot of that stuff because it was just embarrassing. Like I was, I was trying to own
0: myself, and I was still owning them. Did they know? Uh, were you getting recognised a lot? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like if there's a bunch it's your of your
1: people, hippies <laughs> and stoners, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and here you are criticizing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I'm saying that they're right for the wrong reasons. There is clearly mm. no critical thinking going into that. And sure. I understand that, you know, not everyone has to be an expert on climate science, mm-hmm. right? Uh, people have shit to do in their day. But it, it, was, it became very obvious for me very quickly that they had no actual understanding of the subject. Mm. None. So it is very easy for... People that are paid by the Koch brothers, or you know, paid by uh, I don't know, Kerry Stokes, or something like that, to come in with somebody who just has a couple of quick talking, glib talking points that they mm-hmm. can just disseminate, and it looks like they have an argument, right? Mm. And but anyway, like it, it just got me thinking again about the idea of identity because
0: at, and there'd be just as uh, there'd be just as many of the same people at a whatever it would be a Trump rally, a, rec- a reclaim Australia rally, yes, it would be exactly yes. the same. But that, but this is why it's it's. Like, I, I still think I've told you this
1: before. I, I, the thing that you said to me three years ago still plays in my mind, but now it was just added to another thing, which was that, you know, people like just if you're not part of an identity, if you're not part of that tribe, like you're never yeah. going to be part of that tribe. And that's just yeah. the end. But then the other point is that um, uh, my, uh, my, my my researcher that I have, Christo, he was You have a
0: researcher.
1: Yeah, now I do.
0: Oh my god. So you've got three editors and, and a researcher, researcher. <laughs> and a social
1: media manager. Um, wow. Yeah. That's life has been good. Awfully bourgeois. <laughs> yeah, <you>. I know. <laughs> and I've got those things as a result of the people that I'm paying out. <laughs> it's just like, it's not a yeah. good business strategy, but at the same time, it is. Uh, But, like, yeah, I was talking to him about it because he was there and then he was saying, yeah, it is about whatever the identity is, but it's also about what plays into your narcissism of that identity. Mm. So it's just really whatever builds... like whatever builds up your ego and and those things are completely arbitrary. Mm. It really just seems like what I've just been saying recently a lot about just all these foreign ideas kind of just crammed into your head because of where you grew up or what media you consume. That kind of just shapes who you are. But it's also this thing of like, I, I really got the feel with a lot of the people that were at that march. And I'm glad that that march happened. I'm not saying that, but there was a feel there of, you know, um, the fact that I'm there makes is me, like it's it's about them. When you know, if you're talking about planetary destruction, maybe it should be about the planet, right? But the way that people were speaking about it, it was very self-reflective it was very i won't have a planet to live on no it's like dude i don't think that's the biggest tragedy right now you know like i I think you've done like you dropped out of tafe like (laughs) is that really the the biggest problem here is that you are going to find it a little bit harder to live in the future it's uh, this is the it seemed like that was the attitude it was it was very it was very self-absorbed and it, it started making me realize that there's a lot of All of these things are, they're all about the self.
0: Yeah, I I think I've mentioned this in previous podcasts as well. Uh, From my observations, I can see that people who attach themselves to a cause like that and attach themselves in a very um, passionate way seem to be suffering in other aspects of their life. Maybe they've been, either they've been bullied or they're insecure or they, they just haven't fit into mainstream society. So they say, oh, this is where I can have power. This is where I can lead a meaningful life by um, attaching myself to this particular cause. Mm. And that's why I think psychologically speaking, there's not a lot of difference, even though ideologically they're, they're diametrically opposed, but psychologically speaking, I think those people that you spoke to at the climate rally would basically be the same person as the people at the Trump rally yeah. yelling in support of Trump. If conditions were
1: different. Yeah. It was, it was purely, I think it was the fact that we grew up with Captain Planet that was it. It was just that that you know, our generation owes a lot to that that we were just kind of pre programmed as kids to think that the environment's somewhat important. Older generations do not. And that's why you yeah. have that constant bridging of them going, what, there's still trees there, you know? Like they because they never grew up with that concept,
0: right? Do you think it's um part of it is that it's never actually questioned, um, you're just taught in school and high school that, you know, this is happening, and then maybe as people get older they start to question other things and then there's the typical you know the 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 people you get these days who i used to be on the left and then i and then i became a free thinker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those kinds of people where they've sort of realized maybe with one particular topic they've realized oh wow i really was a um a subject of groupthink on this particular topic so it must be that I could be a subject of groupthink on all these other particular topics and, and they, they one of those could be climate change?
1: Well, I think that in general the gateway in, as we've discussed, is the, you know, like the FJW shit and then you just realise, yeah, a lot of that is crocker crock of shit. You, you mm. just, just realise that, yeah, I was taught all of these things... Um, and, yeah, if you just do, like, a little bit of surface digging on it, a lot of that is just not true. Mm. And, but then... Then this an is, the whole thing is but just, then,
0: yeah, then people take it too far and, and, and think... Or oh, everything I was taught mustn't yeah, be true. exactly. And so then... But it, they, they are creating their own
1: little tribe. Mm. They are creating an identity out of being that contrarian that questions everything except for what Milo Yiannopoulos says. That's the... <laughs> 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 That I I don't know, man. It was.
0: It was what, it was an uncomfortable what, experience. So, because what are some um, what are some you know specific things that they said? I know you said they spoke about themselves and how it would uh, planetary destu- destruction would affect them personally. But are there any other examples that really made you think this way?
1: Yeah. The first one was their response to. You know, the the really rudimentary things that you should be able to knock off very quickly, which are, um, you know, the planet, has, there's always been hot days in the past. You should be very easily be able to say there is a difference between weather and climate. Mm-hmm. End of story. And they didn't, no, they just didn't even like, say that. But it's hotter now. And you're like, what's the evidence of that? And they couldn't say, you know, that like temperatures have risen uh, one degree since Mm -hmm. 1910. You don't even need to say that, but you just need to say temperatures have risen by one degree over the last hundred years. You Mm. should just be able to say that. Then if they say like, it's the sun, you should be able to say, you know, the upper atmospheres are not heating up. It is the lower atmosphere, meaning it is getting trapped in that atmosphere, the Mm -hmm. heat, right? So even basic things like that, most people are just like, shut up. You're just a boomer. Dude, if your response is you're a boomer, no mm. wonder people's minds aren't getting changed.
0: So it just made me realise that. That's look, yeah. Don't you reckon? Oh, a hundred percent. When you look at even if you just look at, um, so obviously this is a highly politicised issue, and it should really it is it should just be a scientific issue. But I've I've been thinking about that even because it's obviously it's been in the media a lot lately. How did this become such a tribal issue? And part of it is that just the response people get when people actually ask questions and 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 pose up even if it's a pseudo scientific argument what seems to be a scientific argument like you have and all you get is like no you're just you're a yeah you're a boomer you're an idiot mm. you don't know what you're talking mm, about mm. it's like okay can you just actually come at me with some other facts yeah and that ha- you know that happens more than you realize i think well it just it comes back to this point that i'm saying about
1: democracies is the fact that look it really really depends on the the actual population itself being somewhat informed Mm. you have to be a little bit informed Mm. otherwise those are the responses that you get and then you are just playing into whatever is the uh overriding ideology of the tribe that you ascribe to at that point. You and know, you're just a
0: complete victim to that. A perfect example was um, I was watching an episode of Q&A a couple of months ago and they had, they had Alan Jones on and they had a lady who's the editor of one of the one of your sworn enemies, I forget, one of the new media outlets. Junko. I forget Industrial. which one. I, it's one of those. Yeah. I forget which one. And they were talking about climate change and Alan Jones said something like, there's this many parts uh, per million of carbon in the atmosphere. There were this many in the Industrial Revolution. It's gone up this much. What her, he posed a que- He actually put out some scientific fact. Whether they were right or not, I don't. I don't know. I'm not a climate scientist. But he put out some facts, what seemed to be facts, and then she just laughed and said, "Oh, the debate is over." And if you're not, if you're not informed, if you might have some questions, or if you know, if if you just don't know. And you see that Alan has come across far more reasonable and far more educated, even if he's wrong. Mm. He just seems to have gotten a better Mm. grip on Mm. the topic Mm. than the other other lady. Mm. And I can understand because from her point of view, I suppose it's maybe she's had that conversation so many times that it's just become tiresome, which very well could be the case. But she's on a national TV program where there are a lot of people who would be on the fence watching that. Yeah. And she hasn't done her side of service at all. But I don't think she did. That's
1: what I'm saying. I think that she's just an idiot. There's the, Look, the people that work for these news organisations, your junkies, your pedestrians, they are not... They're basically just there to just pump out trash articles. They don't think about things very deeply. They think in Twitter bites. Like, they just think in these... And it's that thing of just, like, listening to your own bubble. Mm. Um, when I was talking about this to one of my editors, he raised a really good point, which is that the world more or less is just a giant Christmas party where most people are kind of just from the same office. So they're going to have the same attitudes and ideas. And if anyone says anything that is outside of that bubble, like they'll just have like awkward smiles or whatever, and no one will correct them on that fact or whatever. So most people are just living with their own assumptions being reinforced over and over. And mm. I think that's just what that junkie chick was doing. She, she, Dude, she—I don't think she would be able to answer that. She would not be able to answer Alan Jones. I'm assuming he was just saying that, like, you know, it was up 310 parts per million to just 400 parts per million, but it's just like Mm. 90 parts per million. What is wrong with that? She wouldn't be able to answer that question. Just, just for everybody's information, by the way. Reason that you would be saying that, you know, going up over 400 parts per million is that is the same level of carbon that was in the atmosphere at the Cretaceous period. So if you want the world to look like it did back then with giant gas swamps the size of Germany, yeah, <laughs> that'd be a good way to do it. Mm. Um, but she wouldn't know she that stuff. Yeah. She, and so she just had this sarcastic, smug remark. And mm. it is actually hateable. The thing is, when I listen to people like Alan Jones, even though they're wrong, I like them. They kind of just, they have this attitude of just being like, shut up. Now you're just a pinhead. It's it's like, it's charming. Hmm. But dude, someone just sitting there just being like, whatever, gramps. That's gross. Like, I feel like siding with Alan Jones. It's not an argument. It's not an argument. It's not an
0: argument argument at all. And that's been happening, not just with climate change, but on so many issues, some people seem to think, oh, that's just, you're just right wing. And that, so like you haven't, (laughs) you haven't won any argument there. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just this laziness and th- I think the other thing is that uh, when it comes to the climate change thing, the reason that it has become so um, polarised is because very powerful interests like Mobil, like you know the Koch brothers, like BP, th- th- these are the richest companies on earth, Saudi Arabia one, I can't remember what it's called, Arabia Oil or whatever. These are the richest companies on earth, and so they can pump a lot of money into these mouthpieces that are very good at communicating. Their entire job is communicating. You're Alan Joneses of the world, right?
0: Do you think these uh, mouthpieces, the people in the media and the people in whatever it is, Republican Party, liberals, do you think that they're, they're consciously... They know that they're lying and they're putting it out there, or do you think that they agree?
1: I would say it would be a split and i would say that the vast majority of them kind of put it out of their mind and on top of that they are in another circle another bubble of people Mm -hmm. that are just reinforcing their own opinions and money is coming in and it's very easy to switch someone over like uh, there was experiments done it wasn't actually even experiments it was just uh there was this technique that vietnamese soldiers would use against americans that they captured where they would just say to someone, like they, they'd be nice to them at the beginning, right? They'd just give them a cigarette. They wouldn't mm. beat them up or anything and they'd just say, just write down on a piece of paper this. Like just anything that you think is true, just write this down on a piece of paper and I'll let you go. And they'd just have a conversation about it and they'd just say like, okay, just admit this. Mm. America isn't perfect. And they'd be like, mm. yeah, okay. And then they'd write down America isn't perfect. And then they'd say, you know, like in our society... Uh, hospitals and uh, education is provided for for free. Is it a provided for in America? No. Well, America's education system and you know hospital system is worse. But the thing is, like, just by doing that, by slowly coaxing someone towards your side of thought, it worked. And then at the end of it, they'd have this entire manifesto that they could read out on the speakers in the military camp and say, this soldier said this. <laughs> you
0: yeah. know. And so the thing is, I think that's what happens to these people. I saw a video uh, a few weeks ago um and it was sort of climb a, a timeline of how the American politicians have acted on climate change and their rhetoric from I think it was started around 2005 six, seven. and John McCain Mitt Romney one other really prominent Republican figure they all said Newt Gingrich," th- something I can't remember who but they all said something needs to be done yes it's happening yeah. And then you slowly watched as the years went by, they they changed. Mm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, that that is
1: 100% Koch brother influence. They control the Republican Party. This is the time that we are in now, whereas before there was like a few corporate interests controlling uh, political parties. But now there's some billionaires that are so rich that they can control an entire wing of a political system.
0: So you think these all these people just have... So, basically, they would have no backbone at all, and with enough money, they would say to themselves, yeah, I'm just willing to lie.
1: Yeah, because, look, it, I, I understand it from their perspective. Not that I would, because I just Because that's a big, that's a pretty, that is a big claim. Well, the thing is, there's actually a book on this called Dark Money. It's an, a fascinating read. It is mm-hmm. one of the best reads I've ever read. Um, dark money and also this other one called democracy and change. And it just outlines how ingenious the Koch brothers have been in uh, kind of just radicalizing and uh, what's the word kind of like a, just, just becoming like this, this, Like a terrorist sleeper cell in the in the American political system, like from the ground. (laughs) If they're that good,
0: maybe they should control the world.
1: (laughs) Every time, that's what I think. At the end of it, I was like, "Damn, that's really evil." But props, man. (laughs) Like, good for you. Maybe they should have power. Yeah, I was I was amazed. Because, and so anyway, like the points that they're saying about, uh, you know, all of these Republicans is that, yes, in the 90s, Republicans were saying that we need a cap and trade deal. They weren't going as extreme as even... the Democrats were saying, what we need is a carbon tax. And they were saying we need cap and trade. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, both of those systems are putting limits on how much CO2
0: is going into the atmosphere. And then... Weren't the Liberals, um, even 10 years ago, they were in favour of an emissions trading? Yeah. And now they just... Well, now they're, they're still... Abiding by the Paris Agreement, and America's—they're not. Mm. But they're not in favour of an emissions trading scheme anymore, are they? No. Okay.
1: So they've just done something that's even sneakier than the Americans. The Americans are just saying "fuck you" to the Paris Accord, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that's terrible." But the Liberal Party is just saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, we abide by the Paris Agreement. Well, you're going to meet those targets? Not not by a mile." <laughs> you know, like they're just not doing what they were saying they're going to do. So how?
0: Even- so. Okay, uh, explain that a bit more.
1: Well, a good example of it is that they committed to a 5% reduction by 2020, which is uh-huh. this year. That is abysmal by every other global power uh, or you know, even just de- developed country. Every, every other developed country is committed to much sharper cuts than that. Yep. Australia committed to 5%. Um, and what they haven't met it they have not even close met it the way that they say they've met it is just by saying that oh yeah we cut down slightly less trees which is just a bullshit credit they, they, they basically made this bullshit credit that only us and the Ukraine have taken up everyone else has just been like we're not going to use not cutting down trees as a measurement of uh, reducing climate ca- carbon emissions because essentially mm-hmm. what they're saying is if we did cut down those trees carbon emissions would go up more that's technically true
0: but you're not reducing your society's emissions so it's kind of a lie. Isn't and isn't part of the New Zealand um, climate plan, they're planting something like f- billions of trees? I heard that. And sure. Canada,
1: and you should be doing that. All mm. these countries should be planting more trees. Australia is clearing levels of trees comparable to Brazil under the Liberals because they've just completely got rid of green tape, which <laughs> results in that. Um, but the other thing that they're doing is that they just say that emissions are going... They just say it during elections. Emissions are going down, and nobody in the media fact-checks them. But we have the graphs. Emissions are not going down. They uh-huh. were going down under Labor. They are not going
0: down under the Liberals. They are actually higher than what they were when they was going down under the Labor Party. So forgive my ignorance here, but if you're measuring the uh, amount of carbon in the atmosphere, how do you attribute how do you attribute that to a specific country and say, oh, it was this specific country that contributed this much? Or do you just measure it by the amount of coal, fl- coal power plants there are? In- well, that's
1: one of the ways that you do it. It's pretty much it's just four breakdowns of it, right? There's just agricultural carbon emissions output, which is just another thing. that is another bullshit part of it. You'll always have vegans just being like, it's the only way to stop is veganism, man. It's just like, oh, okay, so you're just going to convince seven billion people by themselves through your sheer facts and logic to give up... Um, Uh, eating meat have you ever been to pakistan no shut the fuck up they're not going to do it like and on top of that it doesn't Mm -hmm. it's like it's like 18 percent of carbon emissions and if farming was done properly it would be a carbon sink the point is not to stop live animal livestock Mm -hmm. animal livestock in fact it could be a huge aid in uh, carbon reduction if it's farmed correctly um but So yeah, they're always just saying that that's like more than half of carbon emissions because they've seen cowspiracy, which has been debunked a million times. It's about you know fifteen to twenty percent. Then you have good documentary.
0: It's it really tugs at the heartstrings. I will admit, (laughs) I can see why it. it turns a lot of people
1: well yeah man i'm not saying look i think it's a good thing to be a vegan right like but it's not you can't use it's you know it's going to save the planet for carbon emissions you're just barking up the wrong tree and you're doing fossil fuel companies a massive service by saying that because you're saying that societal action doesn't need to be taken individual action does and that just means nothing's going to happen it's the same thing as saying oh you know what's going to reduce carbon emissions if you leave the, your house turn off the lights that's not going to do shit
0: yeah, but don't you think, uh, yeah, one individual doing that is not going to do anything, but on a mass scale um, millions of individuals doing that would make a difference.
1: Yeah, but is that going to happen? I don't think so. I think it's only if you have like a, a nation saying, we're putting a cap
0: on carbon emissions, like you can't pollute more than this. I, I, what about the um, the more conservative uh, argument, which would be that individuals can use their own consumer sovereignty to, to, to not buy products and to not um put their money towards businesses or corporations who are polluting the planet yeah, and that would then affect their bottom line and then there doesn't and then the government doesn't actually need to do anything there
1: well, no, because the government still needs to do things because that is not going to work. It hasn't worked in the past. It's not going to work in the future. Like, there's, there's very specific examples of that happening. Um, if you have, like, massive organisations, environmental organisations like Greenpeace, like ACF and stuff, saying, you know, Woolworths and Coles, are uh, two of the biggest emitters in this country and you could reduce mm-hmm. carbon emissions by 15% if they just went 0% neutral to, you know tomorrow right so what you should be doing is pressuring them yes those things do work but what works quicker and more effic- efficiently is if there is a government body saying this is the limit you know like it's just this thing of just being like again this idea that like it's on you as the individual when it comes to things that are like global problems even when it comes to nation states we don't even know if they're going to be powerful enough to do this huge jigsaw puzzle like the the paris accord is the most complicated piece of uh you know uh, political and legal legislation that has ever been created and it's unbelievably complex and everyone that goes oh the paris accord didn't go far enough it is a genius piece of literary architecture, right? Like, there is nothing like this that's ever been created before, and that is between two hundred nation states. Okay, this isn't even between individuals. Like, if you're just saying to seven billion individuals, you figure it out by yourselves. You know what you'll do. Like, you're you're all good people, right?
0: Well, it I, needs more control than that. Sure, and 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 I don't think um, in this particular discussion, I'm not saying it only it, it can only be solved by an individual on an individual level, but. It it, it'll, it it would help, wouldn't it, yeah. if all individuals did take the appropriate action, whether it's climate change or whatever it is, it, you know, plastic in the ocean, if everyone made a conscious choice to purchase less plastic, mm. that, would make a, that would make a massive difference. If all the, the billions of people in the world did that, that would yes. make a massive difference.
1: Yes, it would. But the thing that would make more of a difference is like what is happening now with the say, with the garbage that's going into the ocean is the fact that you know governments are now putting money behind that guy that created that giant garbage shifter that mm. comes in and just sucks up all the garbage. It still needs... What's his like, name? I can't remember. He's, he's some, like 23. He's some he's... Croat or something. <laughs> and like... what <laughs> <laughs> my like... people, I think, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: isn't that your... <laughs> what are you again?
1: Yeah, Croatian. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that that is something that has been invested in by governments like there's no way maybe you can get like some billionaire investors maybe that might happen but the mm. thing is governments are always the most effective at doing these kind of things yes like garbage Reduction did go down when there was just these messages on TV saying like, "If you want to use a paper bag, use a paper bag instead of plastic." It did mm-hmm. go down a bit, but you know what drastically decreased it when Coles and Woolworths said, "No, we're just going to like start charging you for plastic bags." But do you then think it dras- drastically reduced.
0: And that was uh, again, forgive my ignorance there, but that was that was a government. Um was that a government policy, that they had to do that?
1: It was moving towards that. It wasn't national policy, but like a lot of state Labor governments were saying, we're banning plastic bags. So they just thought, oh, OK, well, we're getting pushed. Let's just move towards that.
0: To what degree do you think that initiative by the Labor government was influenced by pressure from their constituents, from the individuals in their constituents saying, this is the change we want? So then the Labor government said, all right, we're going to listen to these you know, this collective group of individuals and make this policy.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's always how politics works. Like, it's it's not going to happen just out of osmosis, out of the goodness of their hearts. Like, as, as a government, you can only really do what you're mandated to do. If you go out of those realms, like, yeah. you, you will get hammered by b- bigger interests.
0: Sure, and then you can still make an argument then that that collective group of individuals made a difference, even though ultimately it was the government that then put in the policy. In the same way... I don't know, the civil rights movement, it was a a massive group of individuals that were protesting that then pressured the government to make those changes. Mm.
1: But, but, they didn't just all arrive to the same conclusion by osmosis. There was Mm -hmm. big, powerful lobby groups that were doing, that were organising Unions, civil rights movements in the in the southern states, churches—these mm-hmm. big organizations that are just you know big tribes, I guess, of people mm-hmm. saying like we're moving society in this direction—and they all had leaders, right, moving it. So it was never this thing of just like organically people
0: decided this is how things are going to work. Do you think the leaders of those particular large organizations and and tribes? Do you think leaders? Um well, to what degree do you think leaders lead people and change people's mind versus they listen to what the people want and then they take the action? Well, it
1: depends on how democratised the organisation is. So if you're talking about fossil fuel companies, for instance, there's no democracy there. It's just whatever the CEO wants. Well, I suppose it's like the shareholders. and But mm-hmm. again, like the interests are very transparent. It's just about improving profits. It depends what the organisation is. So... People are always really down on churches. I am not anywhere near as down on churches as everyone else. They do a lot of good charitable work. Mm-hmm. And I think that is because it is just constantly pushed in Islamic thought and Christian thought that you are supposed to be charitable, right? So they, they have that kind of ingrained into their tribe, so they move that way. So, yeah, if you are part of that tribe, you're constantly being told by the leader that, you know Christians. Make life better for other people. That's what makes you a Christian. So mm. then they start thinking that, and then they just push onto their passes. So it's kind of like a back and forth of those organisations, right? Unions. Unions were just about like you know improving workers' rights, improving um, you know living standards, all those kind of things. So mm. their organisations, their their base, is pushing their leaders to push society in that direction.
0: Just really quickly, um, when you brought up the Christian the Christian ethic, there something that I've uh found interesting and so uh, on occasion frustrating with uh, a lot of the discourse is that when you take into account um you know a right-wing view if you will um forget libertarianism but like a conservative right-wing view yes there's a huge free market and small government aspect to that but that's coupled with the in this day the christian ethic which is saying yes be charitable and be that be that individual change you want to see in the world Mm. do you think that Do you think that – I know you're ideologically opposed to that, but do you think that that vision could uh, – I'm not ideologically
1: opposed to it. Dude, I do think that you should – I'm really into self-help. I think that you as a person should be doing everything you can to improve yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I'm saying that society doesn't work like that, and there is going Mm. to be a huge section of society that will never adhere to that message or listen to it
0: or be exposed Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. or follow it. Why is that? If it's enforced, when I say enforced, uh, if it's practiced and fully enacted, why would a large section not be a part of it? Self help? No. Take I don't know Christianity for example. Oh yeah,
1: okay, Christianity, yes. But this the thing is, Christianity was kind of like intertwined with the government back when that happened. Like talking about like medieval Europe or even I guess the fifties or something like that, right? But these things were kind of they were at loggerheads like Christian. It's like what we were saying before, how like the biggest symbol changed from being a Christian cross to Coke. Mm-hmm. That is who God is now. These unaccountable for-profit companies. That is who controls the world. It's dystopic. Back then, there was there's some code to Christianity and Islam. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of like ethic to it. That's what used to be like the government, or like you know intertwined with government, and governments would have to play to these things. And there's a bunch of problems that are with that. But is there's some soul to, that comes with it.
0: How much do you think that the uh, the control that these corporations have over the world is as a result of the nefarious intentions of the people at the helm of these corporations versus individuals making choices to just buy coke? Well, and as a result, because we just keep buying coke, they have power. So if we wanted to um, take down some of their power, we, we, I know that sounds quite simplistic, but do you think there's any truth to the idea that if we just stopped buying Coke and Coke products, they would lose all their power.
1: Yes, but again, it would need organisations fighting against Coke that are well-financed and kind of pushing that ethic. No, everyone's just not going to get to that conclusion themselves. Why not? Because it's the same thing with like climate change versus people that don't have... It's like what we were talking about before, right? It's like this thing of like, you have to kind of create a tribe and instill ethics into them because most people are not going to think about these things. First off, they don't have time to do it. Second off... Not everyone's smart. Mm. <laughs> like no, most yeah, people true, aren't but... going to come to these conclusions themselves. Sure, they're not going to have time. To... Most people are never going to think, "What are the ethics of Coke?" Like they, they're never going to sit down and do that. Somebody needs to sit there and be like, "This is bad. You should not invest in Coke." You know. So, uh, so but, I
0: read a uh, I saw something on the internet um, a few weeks ago that said now one in three Australian consumers are a lot more conscious of environmental concerns when they buy products and, mm. and also health concerns and things like that. And you see that in the adver- yeah. advertising of products all over the place. Do you think that's a result of you know, government-funded education programs and the government basically instilling that, that knowledge into the people or do you think people have come to that conclusion themselves? No,
1: man. I, I again, think that... And I think that it's good because I, I really think that the idea of propaganda is neutral. I am very on board with what Edward Bernays says about it with that, that I think that propaganda just – it depends on why you're propaga- propagandising uh, the public. Mm-hmm. like Because that's just the way information works. Some ideas win out on others depending on how they're funded and how they're campaigned and stuff, right? But like, look, I think that a huge point of that is – we watched Captain Planet as kids, not fucking Looney Tunes of ch- a, a cat and a mouse killing each other, right? Like, there, there is okay. a difference between those two messages. I think that, that I think uh-huh. that's what happened. It's just, you know, like now they've just been like, Hollywood is just filled with SJW shit and stuff. And like, yes, that's another propagandized message. But there was a message in the late 90s when we were growing up, oh, sorry, in the 90s when we were growing up, mm-hmm. which was environmentally conscious. Your fern gullies... Captain Planet, Widget yeah, yeah. the World watches. There was these cartoons that Avatar. came. Out. Avatar. That was a lot later. Pocahontas. Very.
0: Anti-colonial message in there. <that. laughs> but these things didn't exist back when boomers were growing up. But that then. But all all those movies and all that literature. That hasn't that been a a product of of uh, of corporations of yeah. the Disney Corporation and. Yeah. Of, you know the private sector well this is
1: what everyone says now this is why like you hear all these coke funded media like fox news and um you know various youtubers that i assume are funded by the Koch brothers because their messages are just so in line with what they're saying um but they 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 will say this thing of just being like oh all the hollywood elites believe in climate change therefore it's bullshit because you know they're elite and it's just like yeah but like dude It's the same thing with, like, the Vietnam War. When that was happening, everyone always says that this is a triumph of media, that it it proves that media just works in the interest of society and, you know, speaks truth to power. But Uh the reality of the situation was, in the 50s, half of the power base in the US didn't want to be at war the other half did because it was profitable to them but there was another half that was just saying my entire workforce is gone fighting this useless war in vietnam and half of them are dead now so they
0: okay. they wanted the war to end right so then when you when you take that into the into account with the environmental concerns that were espoused in 90s film and media mm. why would the powers that be want to spread that message
1: because they want a livable planet It is not in their business interest it's not in hollywood's business interest for the world to be destroyed and there to be like six billion people less on it that's just less people sitting in fucking cinemas you know like it depends on what is in your interest okay so i think that that's the reason it works like captain planet for instance i was just thinking about it then it was commissioned by ted turner ted turner is a massive environmentalist but he was a billionaire he could finance and fund that cartoon now he does amazing charitable work across the planet he buys mm-hmm. huge sections of virgin rainforest and just says you can't touch this mm-hmm. it's great that he does that but like honestly when i think about it um, yeah when i was just like at this protest <laughs> yeah. rally right the fact that everyone's just being like just we march on, on the street no but well, it was good no it's, no, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. important yeah. to talk about that stuff because i think that it's important like dude like why propaganda is what it is? Who's funding it? Like, all of these... Like, you have to yeah. think about what the interests are Absolutely. of it. Like, why are these very messages true. out there? Yeah.
0: And something you said to me uh, in, I think it was the second podcast, which is, yeah, what do you... Know, what what those Vietnamese people were saying to the American soldiers, like, what do you actually know is true? And I've just never stopped thinking about that. That's It's a scary that's thought. A, it's a very confronting yeah. thought. But I would... I, I still would say that I, I think I... Do believe in the power of ind- individuals being able to make change a bit more mm. than you do? That mm. it, it seems like that, but I do also admit that now um, I, I think there also is a need for collective action from a state authority as well in some situations.
1: Well, no, but man, look, I am really not in disagreement with this idea. You should be, as an individual, living up to your fullest potential. There sure. is no excuse for you, as an individual, to be on the dole. But you're just unless, saying... Unless, you know, you're using it as a, as a step up to... You know,
0: but like, you, you're, you're, you're just saying it's something. not the be-all and end-all. It can't... No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there, right, there right, is, right,
1: yeah. There is things that are bigger than the individual. And, like, as the individual, I agree with Jordan Peterson when he says that you are able to do a lot more than you think you're able to do. There's, like, two competing thoughts, which is, like... There's that narcissistic thought of like it's everyone else's fault except mine, and there's mm-hmm. also that narcissistic thought of like, you know, everyone's stupider than me, and th- like these kind of things. That's true. Like, I do think that if you are able to discipline your mind, you are able to con- you got, you are able to achieve things that like even you yourself didn't think were imaginable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that's possible.
0: Yay! <laughs> oh, she got up. It's my cat, ladies and gentlemen. Look at She's just showing her her asshole to the camera. Right. I hate cats' assholes. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Joe Rogan has a good bit on that. They are filthy, oh. aren't they? But like they... I don't know.
1: They seem like such clean
0: animals, but they're not. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right, but she we'll is we'll, very see, pretty. we'll see how long uh, she can last here. Um, New star of the show. Shorty. Get off me, Shorty. It's <laughs> <laughs> her name? Shorty what was her name at the shelter. I was... I, I didn't like it at first, but then I found out that she was a stray. She had kittens quite young um, so you know, that's quite hood. So <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll stick with it, shorty. Street. shouty I'ma buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. Damn, <laughs> so street smart. Tell me if uh, okay. I think we might have to. All right, well we'll put it off now and then see what happens. If she jumps up again, I'll put her in, yeah, the in the naughty corner. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. But look, when I was there, I was just thinking because I've been doing a lot of research into this, right? Mm-hmm. Because I am about to release a video that I have been stewing on for a long time, which is that... Ooh. It's, it's, dude, it is, it is actually one of my proudest works. And I think that the thing is, at the end of it, is the message. I won't go into the details of it, because it's actually extremely juicy, the rest of it. It's going to be like 45 minutes long. But at the end of it, I will just put this teaser out, right? Which is that I was doing the research on this, for Australia to have 100% renewable energy by 2030, so 10 years from now, we're talking about a completely different energy grid. And this is the incredible thing about this. Not only is that one third of the energy the, uh, of of, um, of carbon emissions in this country. So we would be well beyond our Paris targets if we mm. had... Uh, if we, if we had 100% renewable energy by 2030, which is well beyond what the Liberals committed us to. It should be higher than that. It should be 40 50%, but they could us to 28%. But that that's 33%. But the thing is, that just plays into a lot of other factors as well because a lot of the other outputs of carbon emissions are uh, industrial output, so smelting, coking, that kind of stuff, um, but also... Uh, energy uh, for cars. So transport, transport. These are the four Mm -hmm. things, you know, agriculture, energy, transport, uh, industry. But these three start to have this, you know, spir- positive spiralling effect once you have 100% renewable energy because then it's very easy for you to build a bunch of electric car power stations, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have then you have an electric car industry coming in and replacing fossil fuel cars. And then on top of that, because you have this cheap, reliable energy that is renewable that is going into these factories, they start moving into electronically charged ovens instead of using, you know, their own smelters on, on mm-hmm. site and like diesel engines and things like that. So it starts reducing all the other carbon emissions as well. Massive. Ten years from now. It would cost the Australian... It would would cost superannuation that is currently invested in this country a few trillion dollars for us to completely transform our energy grid to 100%. And the whole video is about that. Just don't listen to the propaganda that is put out by these things like Shell and BP and the Koch brothers. It's not true. You can absolutely run a country with existing technology on 100% renewable energy. And they are saying... That for us to just uh, invest 7.7% of the superannuation that currently exists in this country in renewable energy, we would have 100% renewable energy. 7.7%. Okay. Nothing. Nothing. In the grand scheme of the pie, especially because these superannuation investments, if you don't switch your super over to something like super or ethical super, it'll take you a couple Mm -hmm. of minutes to do. It is the law. They have to let you change into whatever these superannuation accounts are. If it stays in your other superannuation accounts, it goes into building fossil fuel power stations. That's most of them. 84% of them do that. If you switch over to this, and it's a terrible investment. It's lost billions of dollars. Renewables don't. Renewables are a very good investment. I've been doing a lot of research into this. It's one of the best investments you can make. It's good for the planet. It's good for your wallet. Why not? It takes a few seconds, and it's free. That mm. is a hell of a lot more powerful than marching in the streets and then having like seven news and 2GB being like, oh, what a dumbass. You don't know what you're talking about. Dude, just switch your super account, take the day off. You protest for hours. The super account change will take three minutes. Mm. I think that's the way to do it. If you're talking about, you know, individual action, that's how you do it. But it's, it's again, you still oh need somebody saying,
0: yeah, you still need someone saying, you just need to do this. Okay. Right. So a, a few questions I want to ask you. Um, the way I see, well, when, when you look at the world today, it's so, it is very tribal. That's something we've spoken about a lot. And so when I get my American politics, for example, what I try to do is I just listen to um, what, and I also know we don't like talking about things in terms of just left and right, but what I try to do is listen to a left-wing source and a right-wing source and then try to make up my mind. How do I know which sources, and then even when it comes to uh, something like climate change, if someone wants to educate themselves more, how do we know what sources are propaganda, how do we define the fact that they're propaganda, how do we know where to look? Where do you start? Well, I always start with the academics. It's the... Look,
1: yes, okay, obviously you can so argue it, this and this, it gets okay. really finicky. And no. so
0: is there, a, is there like a website or do you just go on particular universities or libraries or where specifically do you find the, um, do the literature on this?
1: When, when I am Googling on a subject... Uh-huh just a bunch of things will come up. Usually things that are propaganda are usually on the first page of Google. This is why a lot of people think that like nuclear power is actually really safe. We're actually going to you know, shave the world and like actually like full of low carbon emissions. If you look at it, all of those articles are made by things mm-hmm. like the Nuclear Energy Institute and the Environmental Progress. These are lobby groups. Lobby groups pay for their their articles to be astroturfed on the first page, right? But that's what you do, right? You look into the source. So you read an article, you go, yeah, that makes sense. You try and look for the counter articles to it. But then the main point is to look at the sources. And there's a very good site that I think, especially when it comes to things like the environment, it's called D-Smog. D-Smog is incredible because it's basically just this Wikipedia list of bullshit artists that are paid by mobile, that are paid by, you know, like Nuclear Energy Institute and these things. And they just say these people, like they... A really good example of that is the guy that said during the... um, 2019 election that, you know, Bill Shorten's plan is going to cost half a trillion dollars to the economy of, uh, you know, the environment. And you look uh-huh. into the guy that was saying that, and his name's like Professor Tim Fisher. But then you look into Professor Tim Fisher. Tim Fisher is completely paid for by the Minerals Council. Like, uh-huh. every cent he earns is from the Minerals Council. That is not a good source. And then you look into his modelling, and his modelling's insane. He's saying that renewables are going to cost three times what they cost now in the future. Just you know, just like how mobiles got more expensive, right? Do you
0: think, and this would tie into, oh, that's cute, tie into identity again. Do you think the average person is? This is going to sound a bit harsh. Do you think the average person is capable of that and that level of critical no, thinking?
1: No, and that's what scares me. That's what I'm saying. Like the thing, I am not as scared. Like I, I am, I am happy that people were at that pri- climate protest because mm-hmm. you know, like. My, my whole job is to decipher bullshit, right? Like I think that I've got a good grasp of what the major issues are and where the country needs to go because that's just what I've been studying for the last 10 years, right? So I, I think that when it comes to climate change, yeah, they're on the right side. But again, the reason that they're on the right side, that's what scares me mm-hmm. because it's just, again, like to go into the group think. So I don't know the answer to that. But I think that a major thing is because this is what Christo was saying, it's just like it, it burrowed into the core of me, which is that like he was just saying, dude, the only reason you're right is because your ego is not stroked by just being like, "Yeah, I'm a climate protester, skater. Yeah, climate, you know that kind of shit." Like, dude, my ego is stroked by being correct. So, like, it's actually like when when or someone wouldn't says, they say hey, the you're same thing.
0: When everyone everyone would say that, wouldn't they? No, right. There's a difference. If if people like being
1: right. But being correct means that you actually get like an ego boost out of saying like "Oh I got that fact wrong, and I'm man enough to admit that I got that fact wrong <laughs> yeah you know There's- I
0: think that's a good uh, that's a very good indication of uh how honest people are whether they can admit one if they've gotten something wrong personally, and whether or not they if they look up to someone or if if they have a particular ideology whether they can see flaws within that ideology or within the person that they're yeah yeah but
1: that's what i'm saying like that that needs to become part of your ego
0: yeah and so that's a a perfect example of that well we always talk about this but like um you take someone like trump and you take the people who follow trump a big part of his platform when he ran was oh hillary's a warmonger hillary's gonna get us into world war three and then just recently he's done a very offensive strike on the Iranian general. Mm. And his supporters, you can clearly see that his supporters are just finding a way to defend that. Yeah. When you know for a, fa- for a fact, if Hillary or a Democrat had done that, they would be so opposed to it. Mm. It's not even fine. You know, another thing that I thought was a perfect example of this, and this is something you'd be invested in as well, I'm not sure... When Scott Morrison took the holiday, you heard a lot of those 2GB Sky News commentators saying, "Oh, it's just what's wrong with that? He just took a holiday." Mm. There was one particular interview I saw with, I think it was Chris Smith and Gretel Colleen, Gretel Kelly, um, <laughs> <laughs> where Chris Smith was saying, I don't, "I don't you know, I don't know why people are so upset about it. Um, he's just taken a holiday. He's a busy man." And Gretel was visibly uh, upset about the whole ordeal and passionately was against it and <laughs> She said something like, well, let me put it into you. put it to you to terms you understand. Maybe I can talk about the coach should stay with the team or something like that. And then Chris Smith got really angry. It was like, why would you say that? And then she's like, there's no need to yell. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's such a that's such a female way of arguing, number one. <laughs> Just saying something that will clearly upset you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then being like, well, why are, well, you, are you so upset? Say? Why are you so angry? <laughs> <laughs> For that reason, I was on his side. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But... You know for a fact, (laughs) if Bill Shorten had won the election and taken a holiday, they would be fuming. But at the same time, maybe not Bill Shorten, but if like Julia Gillard had still been the Prime Minister and taken a holiday, I think Gretel Colleen would have been like, no, she deserves her time off. She's a hardworking woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, no,
1: dude. I I honestly think that. But the thing is that like, look.
0: People will justify, in their mind, people will convince themselves defend their tribe to whatever degree necessary to keep their ego intact. Yeah. So they don't
1: want to know that. They don't want to feel like they've lost. No, but th- that's the whole point, right? Like it should just be, you should be able to evolve past that point, right? So the thing is that what what my major point when I was talking about the, the holidays thing is like, dude, it's not even a thing of like, you know, like liberal versus labor, no leader in our history would have taken a vacation during that, as I outlined, right? There is no chance that Malcolm mm-hmm. Turnbull would have taken a week off to go to Hawaii and lied about it. You uh, your,
0: that video that went viral, well, I, I, it was clearly you made an effort to, be, to say, you know, this is not a partisan attack. Yeah. And when you talked about Tony Abbott um, doing the volunteer work that he does... I think that would go a long way to changing people's minds versus if you just criticize. Well, it Scott didn't. Morrison. That's what your like.
1: To your point, it didn't. Like it's just like really. Everyone from our generation was like, "Yeah, fuck Scott Morrison," and everyone in the older generation was just like. Fuck you! What have you fucking done? Fucking you! He's fucking worked hard, even though like you outline, he hasn't been working hard. He's had like oh. the lowest parliamentary turnout of any prime minister in Australian history. Like, dude, Scott Morrison is scum. Like, it's just, there's no way around it. Like, the thing is, okay, when I'm talking, talking about Tony Abbott, I do legitimately
0: think he's a good dude. I do not think that about Scott Morrison. Do you think? Well, even if you think that way, calling him scum and you know, when I see people of our generation on social media being like, oh, fuck, scum, scumo, I just, th- all I can think is like, this is not, this is not changing anyone's mind. Mm. It's not, mm. it's, just, um, it's just, it's just, it's further enraging the people who already agree with you. Mm. No one's mind is changed. Mm. That's a good point.
1: And you know what? If I was a more mature person, I probably would do. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not attacking <laughs> you personally. No, but not, it's true. I do it all the time. But yeah, I look honestly. I think it's just like my job as, as I admit a YouTuber commentator not to. is. Yeah, it's dude, my job as a YouTuber commentator. I think that was just to be more of like a you know slammer, I mm. guess. But, yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely a space for people that aren't supposed to be saying that shit and just be like, no, no, just down the line. I just, I, I play the ball and not the man. But, you know, if you're a comedian, mm. play the man. You're mm. a comedian. <laughs> Dude, most jokes are just about people's
0: appearances and fucking character flaws <laughs> and shit. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. I think, you know, it's so tribal and so uh, heated, the cultural debate now, that just if you're in a debate context... Just by coming across as the most reasonable person, regardless of whether you're right, regardless of whether anyone agrees with you, you will win that debate. Yeah. Because people. No, you're right. Well, you won't win that. You won't. You might not. You might not change people's minds who are hardwired to think oppo- uh, to to have the opposite you opinion. You never will though. You, you, n- you never will immediately. You can over a long period of yeah, time. Yeah. But what you will do is, if there are people who are on the fence or who are moderate or who maybe aren't as hardline opposed to you you can definitely change their minds.
1: Mm. No, I think that's exactly it. Your point about Alan Jones is right. It's just... Because now that social media exists as well, I think it is just that. It's just you're seeing that play happen Mm -hmm. over and over of your 2GB audience versus Mm -hmm. your rally protester. That's it now. These are people that are not informed. Either of them. Mm. Either of them are informed. The people that organised the protest, they were informed. You had a bunch of scientists organising that protest and people, that are campaigners and things, they know all the talking points, but the people in the ground didn't. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the people at 2GB. These people just really, what it seems to me is just like, what drugs do they take? That seems to be their opinion. It's just like boomers like alcohol, young people like pills.
0: <laughs> it's, just, it's just, you know. <laughs> it's, a bleak, it's a bleak outlook, but it's it's true. Oh, it's 100% true. Um, I think we've gone over an hour with this podcast, but two things I want to talk about just a little bit more in, in regards to the tribalism of the climate debate. I've found, and I've found, this is an observation, uh, tell me if you think this is correct. Environmentalism has always been perceived as as, as a white thing. Mm. Do you think, because I was even talking to my Greek friend a few weeks ago, and he was talking about his girlfriend, and he said, oh, they, they, they win awards for recycling. That's how white they are. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Why? Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a bit more. Like, why do you think it's uh, it's a white thing to care about the planet?
1: I don't fucking know. But that's really depressing that people are because. Th- and that's what happened after I went from the climate protest. I went straight to Lekimba. And then it was just a bunch of Muslims standing around being like, do you want some? Yeah, they would, like, d- d- definitely no, they would not be at fuck. the climate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't probably know there is an atmosphere. They don't know. They, they have no interest in it. Mm. I don't know what the answer is to that. But I will say this. It's not necessarily a white thing. I would say that the people that do seem to be most concerned about the environment are white people and indigenous people from across the planet. They're okay. the ones that seem to be very environmentally conscious. But yeah, for some reason, it is. Hmm. it's it's mind-boggling to me I, they always say the thing of just being like yeah because you're developed and you're only concerned about the environment but that's not true because dude no one has been more fucked over on this planet than indigenous people they, they are easily the poorest people like across the planet not just in Australia you know like in your South Americas and your North Americas but they are very environmentally conscious
0: I think part of it is um, I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago and who was it it was um, Sam Harris <laughs> um, <laughs> with uh, a guy called Coleman Hughes and he was talking about uh, black voters in America, and he said, "When you when you quiz them about individual issues, they're Republicans. When you ask them, you know, do you support? You know, do, you, they're they they're socially conservative. Um, when you ask them, you know, they're they're aspirational. Uh, they want to feel as though they, you know, they they can build themselves up and you know, what is it? Pick yourself up from your bootstraps or whatever." Um, I can't remember what other specific... Yeah, when, when he said they are... And he was quoting a study. One, one of the questions was, uh, are you in favour of affirmative action? And black people would say yes. And then you said, if two people are applying for a job or some sort of a position, should race play a part? And they said no. Yeah, right, right. Which is just... One, shows I don't know what affirmative action is. Which is kind of bad. Yeah. We, won't go, we won't go down that path. But, um, no, but
1: it's true, dude. Like, it's the like, same thing. It's just like, yes, but, there's some smart black people, but black people are also people, so most of them are dumb. You know, like, it's just... It, it is. It we'll just we'll, is
0: we'll edit people. that out so that it's just him saying, <laughs> like people black people are, are dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he made a really good point that I think... Uh, I've been thinking about a lot, and he said... When black people think about your typical racist voter, the guy with the southern flag who is just the stereotype and says, we don't like Mexicans, get them out. I don't like blacks. I don't like those N-words. Who are they going to vote for? Republican. And as a result, you're like, I'm not going to associate with that tribe whatsoever. Mm. And I think the stereotype of a particular tribe, if you are opposed to that, that uh that particular individual you don't want to be a part of that tribe and maybe that is part of why the partisan uh th- why the climate debate is so partisan because when you think of a stereotypical environmentalist you do think of like a hippie from stoners. Newtown who's a stoner mm. and even i i'm like i don't want i don't want to be associated with that mm. and when you think of certain political ideologies as well. There's a, there's a stereotype for every type of voter. There's Mm. a stereotype Mm. for when you think of a typical vegan, you also think of a hippie who's just Mm. complains all the time. Even though I know a lot who aren't like that, but that's what you think. And you think, I just don't want to be associated with that. So then you don't even look at the issues critically. You just make an emotional judgment of, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. And we talked about it in another podcast where we're talking about, um, why, uh, potentially why, um, more immigrants could be voting liberal. I think in the nineties, when if you thought of that same racist in Australia who was like, Oh, fuck off, I don't like Asians, fucking hate them, even if the Liberal Party, if you thought the Liberal Party that they, no, they're not actually like that, you think, okay, who are they voting for? Liberals. I don't want to be associated with that. Mm. But with the advent of the um One Nation Party, it's deflected. that's immediately taken that away. Yeah. So you can actually think a bit more critically about well, what does this what else does this party stand for?
1: Yeah. And they've made a very conscious decision to have a lot of Asian candidates. This is this is the thing yeah, that yeah, like a lot there. of, this is what a lot of modern parties are doing now, which is just you know microtargeting certain ethnicities to put them into the party that they think that they can win those ethnicities, mm. right? So that's that's also part of it. But yeah, no, one nation was a stroke of genius to inflame that. And actually, you know what? That was part of
0: John Howard's strategy. And a huge downfall of the left in the last couple of years was just. When you think of left, what do you think of SJWs? Ws, yeah, and you immediately want to disassociate from that. Mm, exactly. But now that I think now, when you think of uh, well, previously when you thought of like when you think of right wing, what do you think of some white guy in a suit that's like mm, Australians should stay Australian, and a lot of people just want to don't want to associate with that. Mm. So I, I, that is a huge thing of how people make their um, judgments and what tribes they join. Yeah, just like what is the what is the typical human being that's part of this tribe am I like that would I get along with that person is that me yeah and I don't think about the issues
1: no well there's a deliberate decision to like move issues away from ever being discussed in the mainstream media and and both both like you know the people that control media as well as political parties they are constantly trying to Carve these things up in identities because it's just an easy voting base. It's exactly what mm-hmm. you're describing because you can predict that you know that inner city hippie is going to vote for the Greens. You can predict that that uh, you know Westie that works on West Connects is going to vote Labor. Yeah, you know, like and, you, and,
0: and as so many people would think, oh, I don't like inner city hip- hippies. Yeah, what are the issues? Doesn't matter. I'm not voting for them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't like um, rich white men. Doesn't matter. I'm just not voting for Liberal. Now. Yeah yeah so it's and that's so sad <laughs> that's what i'm saying but we're man. all i mean i'm not gonna say i'm innocent of that i've probably done a lot of that even if it's done on a subconscious level i'm trying to be more aware of that kind of bias yeah but of I, course, I, I would but never say i'm completely immune to that
1: no but mo- that's what i'm saying most people never even get to that position i think this is one of the main themes of this podcast is it's just like yeah no one is ever exempt from these obvious cognitive biases in your mind but the thing mm-hmm. is most people don't even know they're obvious Most people never even think of them being the cognitive bias in the first place. They're the complete victim to it. It's that same thing. It's just like if you are not a critical thinker, you are going to be taken advantage of of every marketing and swindle scheme that comes your way. Mm. So I think it's just really important to at least acknowledge that point. It's just like why are you part of that tribe? Mm. How do you identify yourself? Like... Mm. These things actually do create the type of individual that you become. Mm. And if you are able to sculpt your individualism in a certain way, I think you come to a point where you can influence and create your own tribes. That's the crazy thing about all of this. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting to at the point now. It's just like, that's why I'm constantly trying to hammer into my audience this point of like, there's no such thing as left and right in an academic term you can probably argue that like maybe noam chomsky can use phrases like left and right you know sure. but he is you know an extremely intelligent man that has read a lot of political literature mm. the average person is not qualified to determine what left and right is the average person should never think about that mm. they should just think about issues
0: 10 years ago people didn't most people didn't even think in terms of that uh, that division No I it, think it's a much more Of a recent construct where no, A lot more yeah. v- the, 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 the lefty Yeah What people called le- maybe, I don't know Maybe they were in the no, 90s but you go, but it's,
1: it's that same Communist propaganda thing Like it just moves With the times Like it would be Communist in the 50s And then You know It would move to socialist When mm. that became A bit of a joke And now socialist Is a bit of a joke So now it's yeah. just Lefty And that'll become a joke And
0: on the other side there, Like I said You could just Nazi Right winger Yeah Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's an argument. You, you're right winger. Yeah. You're I've had people, a Nazi. Because, like, Modern Education was retweeted by uh, Andrew Bold. And I've had a few interviews where people have just said, like, you were retweeted by Andrew Bold. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? does <laughs> that even? So what? That's such a stupid. He agrees point. with me on that particular point. Like, what? It's so stupid, dude. It's the same thing, like, Marxism. It's Mark the guilty Lincoln. by association thing. Yeah.
1: Dude, Mark Latham has retweeted a couple of my uh, videos, right? And mm-hmm. people use that as an example of just being like, Mark Latham likes him future. How dumb do you have to be to just be like, you're just young Mark Latham because he retweeted <laughs> you a couple of times. Dude, that is like saying, you know, North Korea believes that like in rapid decarbonization of its economy, It believes in climate change. So because North Korea thinks it's happening, it's not yeah. happening. Yeah. You know, like it's such a dumb it's, it's argument. It's just a stupid argument. It's, it's so like stupid.
0: It's like, well, I, I believe in um I believe in uh I believe you shouldn't kill people. Well, the the fucking right wingers also think you shouldn't kill people. You're yeah, like, just a right you're a bad person. I <laughs> think it's just it's just guilty by association. It's really it's childish, it's immature, it it needs to stop. Okay. <laughs> For the people listening to this podcast, stop b- try to be aware of it. Um and just stop it. It's just pathetic. <laughs> it's pathetic.
1: <laughs> but man, I think that that's a. Re- I'm really glad that you actually like do think about that and what that represents. That that is actually a really promising thing to me. And I'm sure that there is a lot of other people that think that way. And those people just must be the ones that are just the most vocal. Maybe most. I don't know. Like, I I really don't want to make these assumptions anymore. I just I don't know what you mm. think anymore, man. But I'm I'm very glad that you actually do think that. Th- that is the most fucking Thank important you. thing. <laughs> You're welcome, man. You you deserve the props for it. It's getting rarer. It's just this idea of like, dude, the world is more complicated than labels. Mm. Labels are funny. Mm-hmm. It's funny creating stereotypes. And like I oh, like laughing at it. Without
0: them. it, as a comedian, all I yeah. do is, is find stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, and me laughable. too, yeah. And that's great. But as a critical thinker, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Um, th- there's two sides to me.
1: Yeah, you're a very nuanced man. I think that's it. Right. But dude, it is. Like, it's just like, there's a, there's, a, there's a time and a place for stereotypes and that's like parties when you're having a laugh. But like when you're trying to understand the world, <laughs> like it, specifics are in order. You need to think about oh, things yeah. in specific circumstances. I don't know. I think that's like another thing that should be look. What I was thinking because I was just thinking. Sorry, we'll end this. We'll end this mm. podcast. But I really think that okay. these are the virtuous. These are, and it would be very. I'd like to hear people's thoughts on this, but I do think that you should cultivate this because I. I am getting to this point that you're always going to have an ego. E- a really good working definition of ego is just whatever you identify with is your ego. Mm-hmm. I love that thought. It's like an Eastern thought. It's great. So. If, if that is the case and your ego is always going to exist unless you become a Buddhist monk and you just go into the Tibetan mountains for 10 years and come out purely enlightened, no one will be. So how do you make the ego work in your still advantage?
0: Still their tribe, still an ego. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <Isn't> it? <laughs> <laughs> it ego in the
1: away, fact right? that they have
0: no ego. <laughs> Damn, could
1: you ima- You know what, actually? That is amazing that you just said that because I've heard many a spiritual teacher say that that is the final stage. That you're just like, I'm just so much more enlightened than everyone else. <laughs>
0: are you <laughs> um
1: but yeah i think that that i think that those two things actually do really work in, in play. Is just kind of like make part of your ego that like i drill into specifics and another part of your ego being like i like being correct because if you like being correct it means that you are able to change your opinion and like you give yourself just this little dopamine hit every time
0: you do it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're right or wrong you just like what's more true than what you knew before absolutely and i would add to that um Read literature, watch videos of people who oppose, who you're opposed to, and yeah. t- and t- it's the classic like get to know people who think differently to you. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's it really it's true. Yeah, I, it really is true. Yeah. Um, because then you you probably because a lot of what the ideology is it dehumanizes the other side. So then when you realise then <laughs> that they're, they're actually humans as well. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Changes your mind, but yes, we've, we've we've spoken a lot on this on this topic, so I think uh, it's time to conclude this one.
1: Yeah, before it gets too SBS, which is really <laughs> yeah. most, We're not so different after all. Yeah, right. but anyway, we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>